Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves for free. At 800-259-9231, that would be the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. As we launch into hour number one of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the website, completely free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight. Of course, your calls are primary. If you make them, we'll talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, breaking news, apparently, here, or at least... Yeah, this is pretty breaking. As of, uh, I guess, 6.29 today, ABC News is reporting. And again, normally we don't talk about the the big stories. But this one might be a little important, considering all the talk recently about, you know, Ron Paul and uh, how he sort of started up with his suggestion that maybe America's foreign policy has something to do with the fact that people around the world want to kill us. And here they are, at it again. The CIA has apparently received secret presidential approval to mount a covert black operation. This is from ABC News. To destabilize the Iranian government. Oh, God. Current and former officials in the intelligence community tell the blotter at abcnews.com. The sources, who spoke on a condition of anonymity because of the sensitive nature of the subject, say President Bush has signed a non-lethal presidential finding that puts into motion a CIA plan that reportedly includes a coordinated campaign of propaganda, disinformation, and manipulation of Iran's currency and international financial transactions. That's a campaign of propaganda, disinformation, and manipulation of Iran's currency and international financial transactions. So... Would that would, would that be considered meddling? Yeah, I, I would consider them all acts of war. I mean, it, you know, to, something to stir up war, not necessarily the, you know, the the, the onset. Right. We, we in America, we don't like to just start the war ourselves. We like to have a good reason. So this is going to stir up the reason. I, I wish uh, I knew more about uh, how they go about this sort of thing. I mean, how does the CIA manipulate Iran's currency? Does that mean they're counterfeiting? Well, I would imagine you'd you'd buy it and sell it uh, at at particular times i i'm I'm no economist and um even the economists don't know what the hell they're doing in this arena Mm -hmm. otherwise um you know the american dollar wouldn't be losing value at the rate it is well that that wouldn't make sense for them to go over there and play the market it would make more sense for them to pump more um whatever the heck they are is out i don't know what currency they use in iran iranian dollars or i don't know i thought they they traded goats or something and what this really does is hurt the individual, the common person in Iran. I mean, mm-hmm. if someone came and did that to us and inflated our, our currency, of course, we have our own government doing that for us. Right. But that would, that would definitely be hurting individual people, not a government. You're not going in there targeting officials. They're in there going after regular people, essentially. I, you know, again, Americans uh, that are for the war need to take a look at these sorts of actions on the part of the CIA and ask yourself how you would feel if you found out, and I don't know how obvious this will be to uh, the Iranian people, but here it is in print, so presumably that they would be able to read this themselves and realize something's going on. Well, I suspect that the uh, operation is blown at this point. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that means that they, um, you know, they won't continue. But nonetheless, you know, how would you feel if, if uh, the Chinese government were sending covert operatives over here to... Uh, distribute propaganda and mess with our currency and financial transactions and distributing disinformation, that sort of thing. I'd be darn mad. And then what if they take the next step? I mean, again, this is this is the 
Uh, this is what has been released publicly by anonymous sources. What I mean, it's, it would seem to be that the next step of agitation would be to start blowing things up or abducting people or killing people, that sort of thing. You know, just kind of like the next step of violence in regards to uh, meddling in that country's affairs. You think this might make some Iranians upset? What do you think? 800-259-9231. Uh, some CIA senior official who was named uh, says, I can't confirm or deny whether such a program exists or whether the president signed it, but it would be consistent with an overall American approach trying to find ways to put pressure on the regime. Good and Lord. National doesn't sound like pressure to me if you're messing with someone's monetary system. A National Security Council spokesbureaucrat said the White House does not commit a comment on intelligence matters. As a matter of course, we do not comment on allegations of covert activity. The sources say the CIA developed the covert plan over the last year and received approval from the White House officials and other officials in the intelligence community. Officials say the covert plan is designed to pressure Iran to stop its nuclear enrichment program and end aid to insurgents in Iraq. Uh, somehow, I just don't think it's going to have the, uh, the desired effects. Somehow, I think that the actual purpose of the program might be to just get Iran to do something that would lash out in some obvious way at American troops, so the American troops would have an excuse to fight back. Makes or sense. George Bush would have an excuse to say, this is war! Of course, he wouldn't actually have a declaration of war, but that's apparently not necessary in uh, the new America. And, and Ron Paul is actually watching some clips uh, of his today on YouTube, and, mm -hmm. and he's done a pretty good job in some of his interviews of, of addressing exactly uh, this one issue. I think, he, I think it was on Bill Maher where he was from a few weeks, uh, a couple months ago. But he was, he was directly calling for an end to the CIA, which is an amazing thing to hear from a, from a presidential candidate who's appearing on television. I mean... Just amazing. And uh, before you go on, I mean, I just want to clarify. I agree with the guy. Yeah, Let's I, get the hell rid of these guys. They're, they're dangerous. The CIA is, is one of the major governmental organizations that is putting you and, and I at risk of terrorist attack. Well, they're on a team, you know, the America team, and they're the front line. They're out there stirring things up with the other countries. They're spying on our friends. They're spying on our enemies. They're spying on countries that don't even that we we don't even know the names of, and you know they've they've got the ones that they consider to be a threat. And I can't imagine for a second that they they that some of them don't want to go to war with these countries so they can teach those godless heathens a, a lesson. Yeah, it probably is personal, I'm sure, to some extent. So I want to hear from you at 800-259-9231. The article goes on. Uh, the covert action plan comes as U.S. officials have confirmed Iran had dramatically increased its ability to produce nuclear weapons material at a pace that experts said would give them the ability to build a nuclear bomb in two years. So, hey, the U.S. officials have confirmed it, Mark, just like they confirmed the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Oh, wait. They, they weren't there, were they? Just like that. Huh. So, do you think the American people are going to believe it this time? I don't. You really don't? I, no, I don't. I, I just, I'm not going to believe it anymore. Well, you are not. Well, give me, give me uh, my this. question is, do you think the American people will believe it? I believed it the last time, though. Do you understand? Right. Uh, what I'm saying is, I believed weapons of mass destruction were in Iraq. I did. And at that time, I was ready to attack 
Canada if uh, I thought that they were involved in 9-11. Toby, do you think that, uh, that the American people could have a, like a quick awakening here? Because you've been doing Free Minds TV now for a while, which is the, the local cable access television show that you produce and, and uh, are on. And it's available at freekeen.com for anyone that wants to watch it. But I watched the, the recent episode today and was pretty amazed at the amount of uh, like positive encouragement you guys were getting from your callers, who I would say represent some level of average Americans. Um, yeah. Do you think they can get it? It looks to me like people are starting to wake up to it, but the administration isn't listening. I mean, the government officials right. just don't listen to the people who say, we're done with this war in Iraq. Would they listen to people who said, we don't want to go to war with Iran? I mean, is there a point? And then it really makes me wonder, where are we going to get the troops and the money to go to war with <laughs> Iran? I mean, we're Sorry already question. stretched as far thin as we possibly can go. I just don't... I don't know how it would happen. Well, I would see there'd be two ways to do that. I don't, first of all, I'm no military expert. I don't know how many troops they would claim to need to invade Iran. Uh, what, was, what did they have for their invading force in Iraq? Like 100,000? Yeah, like 50,000? And they, all, they decided that was way too few. In, well, in so they need a bunch more. And uh, theoretically, they could pull them from the different bases, the right. 700 bases the military has around the world, or the 30, uh, 130 countries that the military occupies. But that doesn't seem very likely, because it wouldn't give them an excuse to make their bureaucracy any bigger. Of course, there are those who say the draft will never come back, but some would say never say never, in which case that would be a uh, secondary option for them to staff the military. Of course, that would be a disaster in its own right. And we'll come back with more. You take control of the airwaves. Your thoughts on this, 800-259-9231, or you can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free. Number 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com where all the features are completely free, including the bulletin board system. Over 225,000 posts. Over 1,400 people interacting. Lots of stuff to talk about. Serious issues. Fun stuff. You'll find it all. And it's all completely free. BBS.freetalklive.com gets you to it. That's BBS.freetalklive.com. And wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to NeverGetBusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that's gained world attention. That's NeverGetBusted.com. As we go to the phones and to Richard in Australia on the amplifier line. Hey, Richard. Uh, g'day, g'day, guys. G'day, sir. Um, Mark, I don't know if, I would hope so, but I don't know if people are going to be smart enough again this time. I think there's still enough um, hatred and religious fervour, particularly as what I see from the uh, the evangelical side. You're talking about, just to action. recap, you're talking about the Iran so, yeah. situation. We just got news that, uh, according to anonymous sources, that ABC News is reporting that uh, George Bush has okayed a secret, co- a covert black op uh, for the CIA to go into Iran and start meddling around. That's right. In fact, the same sort of meddling that I believe encouraged the the nine eleven actions. Mm-hmm. Same here. Um, you know, the, the, by no means are the uh, religious conservatives, the uh, the fundamentalists, a majority in this country. They're not even close to a majority. They're just really loud. There they are. Um, they're they're one of many vocal minorities. Um, I, I don't think you could really call anything a majority around here, um, in in this country. I, I thought Bush. I thought Bush got forty percent of his uh, votes from the evangelicals, or is that not right? 
I don't know how you could figure that out. I mean, how many evangelicals oh, are going, there in America? Uh, right, I was just going off the, I think it was the, the Jesus Camp film. I thought that was the uh, the number that they had mentioned in that. Hmm, I don't recall. He got 40% of his votes, and so therefore that would be 20% of the population, assuming that every, everybody in the population voted. I would think that you could mobilize uh, the yep. evangelicals more so. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's so probably likely that every one of the evangelicals turned out to vote for George Bush. I'm, I'm willing to give you 10%. Yeah, maybe. Yep. Oh, okay, and, and look, the other thing, and this is this probably falls into the grey conspiracy area, but I'm just wondering if you if you poke Iran long enough to give produce a potential nuclear threat for them, whether or not that's going to constitute enough of a state of emergency mm-hmm. for him to invoke his re, his recent edict to give him uh, declare martial law. Yeah, he 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 did. I, I didn't get to read entirely through it, but I did see that it was yesterday. I think I got something on him uh, basically. St- Shoring up his uh, martial law status. That's right. The presidential, um, whatever you call those presidential de- de- decrees. Basically, he can he can write law without sending it through the yeah the the, uh, the executive orders. I saw something executive about that order. too. I saw a story yeah. about that, but I didn't bring it to the table because the the source looked questionable, and it wasn't real clear either on yeah. what it was that he was doing. Well, we so. already know that the that presidents have those uh, that ability. I mean, they yeah. they can uh, enact those powers, and we do know that the Defense Authorization Act of two thousand and seven made it legal to use the military um, for policing purposes here in the United States. So you combine that new power with yep. the the old power to uh, to create emergency states or state of emergency and you combine those two together and you've got the uh, the necessary uh, pieces for martial law and, i mean you want to throw in some extra pieces how about the story from a couple of years ago about the halliburton subsidiary that has a almost 400 million dollar contract to build detention camps right here in america i mean that's a yep. real story too so i mean you throw all these factors together and it paints an awfully ominous picture it really does it does, and it also makes it forgetting even the soldiers. It's just the basic question of if uh, there is war in Iran, and obviously if you guys in our our bloke follows follows along after you as well, how on earth is it going to be paid for? Yeah, that that doesn't seem to be really an issue. <laughs> well, we know how that's going to be. We know how it's going to be. Well, paid we for. we do, we do, but you know, as a general as a general question. So yeah, Richard, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing no from worries. you. 800-259-9231. Uh, Mark, you were talking about how it's going to be paid for during the break. Uh, well, they're going to print money. Um, that, and um, and also, tax the kids. Yeah, well, they're going to tax our, tax our grandchildren, right. absolutely. And I think that if we, need to, uh, if we need to enact a surge for Iran, which, you know, we're, we're already, our military's taxed as it could possibly be mm-hmm. um, in Iraq, if we need a, an additional 100,000 people for Iran, I think that it's uh, likely that we could start taking the, um, you know, just open the doors for Mexicans um, to start a whole battalion of uh, I don't know what how big a battalion is a whole a whole Mexican army just like the the British had Hessians to come over here and fight their um, battles a, a portion of their their uh, their army was Hessians. Well, so we what can would have the deal our be? own versions. What would the deal be there? Like you can come and join the military, and if you live. Uh, you'll get to be a citizen, but you just won't come out with any money. Oh, I don't know if they even give them citizen status. They probably would, um, you know, that would that would be a little crazy, but certainly resident alien status. Yeah, it could be a part of the guest worker program where yeah, they come they, over for a couple of years and serve in combat, then they can go back into their own country. Yeah, and you don't want to have to wait however long it takes to get the paperwork. 
just come on and join the army. We'll get you signed up. We'll put, send you, shave mm-hmm. your head, send you to boot camp. You'll hey, be off there fighting right away. Perfect bipartisan issue. I mean, you ha- you have the Republicans happy with the immigration issue being settled, and the Democrats happy that they, people are still allowed over. So hey, we can all hold hands with this one and nope. get them all over. Not me. Uh, well, know, now the- and we have plenty. Plenty of people in the military, especially the army, right now that can speak uh, Spanish. I mean, mm-hmm. you can really run. You know, you just have an NCO or uh, an officer. I'm sure there's plenty of uh, um, Latin officers too that uh, sort of you know goes between the hierarchy and the you know the lowerarchy. Yeah, and you know handles right them. because you'd have to separate out the existing troops. From the, uh, no, the you, conscripts you or whatever. Do, you do exactly like um, they, like they did with uh, many of the uh, you know like with the black guy black people in uh, the Civil right, War. Right, they'd have to have Spanish battalions or whatever. Right, um, you do with what they did with the um, Japanese in in World War II. They'd have their own specific battalions. By the way, uh, pulled up the evangelical Christians in the United States on Wikipedia here. Demographics, according to the 2004 Survey of Religion and Politics in the United States, it identified the evangelical percentage of the population at 26.3%. Wow. Uh, that's a lot higher than I'd expected it to be. It really does seem a lot higher to, than, than I could imagine. Uh, I'm not sure about the methodology. It's the fourth. Uh, Catholics, by the way, 22%. Mainline Protestants make up 16%. Hold on. So th- they're saying 22, 26, and 16? 26% evangelical. Catholics, 22%. Mainline Protestants, 16%. So you're talking almost um, 70, 65% of the population is a um, a, a Christian? No. Maybe they self-identify as that. Maybe I don't know so. How. I, is, I, is that a self-identified survey, or is that what, from the people's, the like the Catholics say, we have 22% of the people? But well, it's at, a survey. Look at the churches, though, Ian. When you go around, the churches you see aren't Pentecostal churches. You see Methodists, Lutherans, Presbyterians, Episcopals, Catholics. You see those churches. Those are the buildings these people mm-hmm. are housed in. I don't know what they're calling evangelical, but that doesn't seem fair to me. Um, I, it just doesn't. Well, seem I can accurate. poke around a little bit more and see if I can get a, a better idea of exactly what their methodology was and what their what they consider an evangelical. It's the fourth survey undertaken by uh, Dr. Green to measure political attitudes and religion in the United States in the 2007 statistical abstract of the United States. The figures for the same groups are 28.6 percent evangelical, 24.5 percent Catholic, and 13.9 percent mainline Protestant. I'll see if I can do a little more digging. Take your calls about whatever's on your mind. At 800-259-9231. I don't want to believe those numbers either. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features for free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com that is shrine.freetalklive.com and it is for free opportunistic lawyers judges future ex-spouses disgruntled ex-employees and meddling bureaucrats these people want your money home and car what have you done to protect yourself at keepyourassets.net they are experts in sheltering your wealth 
Go to keepyourassets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They'll show you how to keep your assets. So I said I would go around, uh, go and dig around for uh, the the statistics because we talked about we were talking about evangelical Christians. Uh, Richard had called in from Australia saying that he thought that Jesus, the movie Jesus Camp, claimed that forty percent of voters for George Bush back in I guess presumably two thousand were evangelical Christians that they were the ones that were responsible for for his win. And it seemed that that was a really high percentage. I thought it was a, a bit unbelievable, personally. Mm-hmm. And then we went into uh, we went into Wikipedia, which claims, according to the 2007 Statistical Abstract of the United States, which is a government study by the Census Bureau, the figures are 28.6% of Americans are allegedly evangelical. Now, I couldn't... I went to the Statistical Abstract page, and I... I couldn't find their methods for that particular study, but I did find the, uh, let's see, self-described religious identification of adult population okay. from 1990 and 2001. And what they do is they go down a, a laundry list of, of different uh, sects of Christianity. And, and we've been sort of identifying them among ourselves as to whether or not they're evangelical, whether, whether we'd put them in the evangelical category. And we've uh, gone ahead and we've put Mormons in there, although I don't think that uh, they necessarily would be called evangelicals. And I, I think we put Jehovah's yeah. Witnesses in there. But for the most part, you see that they vote the same way as an evangelical right. for now, the well, most part. In all fairness to the um, Jehovah's Witnesses, they're never going to vote for war. Right. But I'm, the, the, I'm Mormons, looking... the Mormons, for the most part, I've seen numbers as high as 90%. Yes, I don't know. I don't know everything about the Mormon religion. I do know that Glenn Beck is a Mormon, and I know that he is rabidly pro-war. All right, so I'm looking at the numbers here, and we went down during the break. We went down the list of, uh, of a variety of different churches here. And Mark, you know more about these churches than I do, so you this is based pretty much on what you said. We selected Pentecostal, Charismatic, Mormon Latter Day Saints, Jehovah's Witness, Assemblies of God, Holy Holiness. Church of God, Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox. No, no, no. No, no, we didn't select that. Sorry. Uh, evangelical, Born Again, Apostolic, New Apostolic, Foursquare Gospel, and Fundamentalist. I'm not sure about Foursquare Gospel. Don't know what that is, but it sounds suspicious to me. Well, I know they've got a, a radio station here in Keene. There's the Foursquare Church that has a radio Haven't station. been listening to it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and I'm just looking. I haven't actually had a chance to actually add up the numbers, but first of all, the numbers on virtually every one of those has gone up. Mm-hmm. In the last, uh, the last, or between 1990 and 2001. Okay. And it's looking like 14 million to 15 million people. So that's that's lower than 28.6 percent of the population. Right. That's like being 5%. evangelicals. But nonetheless, it's still a significant voting. Now block. you said there was a bunch. There was a, a bunch of um, that we didn't get to add in, right? We didn't put in uh, Catholic, Baptist, Protestant, no, no, I, b- beneath where we were. Uh, uh, there was atheist and stuff like that beneath okay. where we were. Jewish, Muslim, uh, Buddhist, other non-Christian religions gotcha. were listed there. So these were this is self-described, and I don't know what the methodology of the other ones were. So let's throw out those other statistics. Right, I'm not willing to call Protestants um, fundamentalists. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I can't call a, a Presbyterian, a Lutheran, a, Mest- a Methodist, you know, those kind of people, a Church of the Nazarene. I'm just not willing to call those people fundamentalists. Now, you know, there, there's a few of them out there. Disciples, I, I didn't know what mm-hmm. that was. There's a few of them I don't know, but 
How many how many uh, potential voters are there in America? I mean, if there's 300 million people in America, only a certain number of those are over the age of 18. Right. So, you know, 250 million potential voters? I'd uh, say higher than that, but okay. You think it's a little higher? I would say it'd be a little lower than that. But okay. nonetheless, if you want to dispute any of these, we're again, we're just throwing numbers around here. But, you know, 250 million voters, um, presuming that only, again, that's potential voters. Remember, only about half of potential yeah. voters are actually I think registered. It was around 100 million people or so voted. In 2004? Yeah. So if that's true, if 100 million people voted, then uh, 10 or 15 million people, presuming all the evangelicals go out and, and vote. Which I think they probably are more likely to than. Right. So if 100 million people voted and it was about 50 50. So that's 50 million people voting for the Republican, 50 million voting for the Democrat. 15 million of that 50 is, uh, that's a good percentage. You know, it's I not quite 40%. I don't but remember, um, no, I, I, um, just because it's 15%, you said, and uh, I think I can fill up that other 5% that we, were, that we were talking about. 15 million. Oh, is it? That's 30% of Bush voters. Oh, Bush voters. Okay. Right. Um, well, I think I might be able to fill up that number a little bit, um, the other 5 million. You didn't mention Baptists on that list, did you? And um, I, I skipped say, Baptist. I figured they weren't. I, th- I started with Baptist. I thought um, maybe well, I did skip it. I don't know. I, there's a lot of Baptists. There's certainly Baptist is probably the largest church in the United States, or at least Catholic close with Catholic. is uh, Catholic is uh, 50 million. Baptist 33. Okay. Um, now there's there's a lot of Baptists out there that I think would qualify as um, fundamentalists. You know the uh, the ones that say, well, if it was good, if the Bible was good enough for King James, it's good enough for me. As though God wrote um, the Bible in 1614 um, through the hand of King James. You know. I mean, um, so if you want to include them, then we're talking some serious numbers. Well, you wouldn't include all of them, but I think you could take that number. Well, a percentage of the 30 million. Yeah, you could extrapolate your five million out of that uh, number and and get your um, get. To forty percent, which would be twenty percent of the Bush voters. Mm. So there you go. There we've done it. Let's go to the phones. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, let's go to Martin in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Martin, what's up? It's it's Marlon. Hey Ian. Hey about that. Mark. Toby. Hey Marlon. Um, yeah, the uh, Illinois state uh, made a move towards freedom and got rid of some of the restrictions on uh, people using uh, vegetable oil to run their vehicles. Oh, really? Is this in regards to the stories we've heard from Illinois where they've been trying to ba- um, get back taxes from the people that have been using the vegetable oil? Have they have they changed those restrictions? Yes, correct. I have an article here in front of me uh, from Thursday, if you want me to read it. You can give us the executive summary. Okay, well, this guy named David Wetzel, uh, he's 79 out of Decatur. Uh, he he's been in a fight with uh, the Illinois Department of Revenue mm-hmm. for uh, using vegetable oil to run his vehicle. They, right. This is the guy that, as I as I recall, if I recall correctly, was the guy that had the uh, the Department of Revenue just come to his door. They came to his front door and uh, basically told him he was in violation and was going to have to pay several thousand dollars in fines. Uh, they wanted a twenty five hundred dollar bond bond and classified him as a fuel supplier. <laughs> Well, on uh, on Thursday, the uh, the uh, the committee voted uh, eleven to eleven to 0, eleven to zero mm-hmm. to pass to uh, move the bill onto the Senate, and the Senate passed it uh, fifty-eight to zero. Uh, the bill was sparked by Wetzel's struggle with the Illinois Department of Revenue. Um, he was classified as fuel supplier. Uh, 
which is something that it, apparently in the, in Illinois and probably many other states, it's something that you need a government license in order to be, which, of course, that license is intended for businesses, and it costs several thousand dollars. Right. They, uh, the Illinois Department of Revenue told him he needed to quit doing what he was doing uh, or he was subject to a Class 3 felony. Mm. Wow. Um, the, How dare you supply some, yourself with fuel? <laughs> right. There, there were some interesting comments from some of the committee members. Uh, they, one of them said, have you considered going to ExxonMobil to give them some, some of your tips? That's, that's funny. Now, are they, are they letting him off on these charges, or is he still going to have to pay? I don't think he'll have to pay. He, oh, he contacted uh, two of the representatives, and they got help and got this bill. Are they just waiving this for him? Are the laws still in effect, or have they actually changed the law? Well, it passed the Senate. It hasn't gone through the House yet. All right. Keep us up to date, Marlon. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. You know, I wonder, do you think that the government would do anything if it were a 35-year-old man who had gotten caught for making his own biodiesel? Mm. The fact that it's an 80-year-old guy might... Help might have been a motivating factor. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Toll free at 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Toby. <laughs> I'm so interested in his article there. Which we yes, he's get getting to. ready for his segment. It <laughs> is a, uh, it's about a Tennessee cop or a Tennessee trooper that was a naughty boy. You can bring up whatever you want. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are for free. And we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link, and then a percentage of your purchase goes to benefit the show. Um, So you get your shopping done in 41 categories of products, everything from their huge book selection to their very large grocery selection. I mean, and everything in between. Um, high dollar, uh, high ticket uh, electronic items, furniture, and more. It's all there. You just go and order it. It comes to your door and feel good because not only are you getting a great deal because Amazon's got some killer prices, but you're also getting free super saver shipping on a lot of items and you're helping Free Talk Live out all at the same time if you enter their site through amazon.freetalklive.com. Let's return to the phone calls and go to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Uh, hi there. There was a bill in the New Hampshire legislature, you know. Uh, House Bill 567 would have lowered the New Hampshire drinking age from 21 down to 18. Mm, that would have been good. Be no- what happened to it? Uh, uh, it got defeated soundly uh, in the House. Uh, but the, the, the problem is that, uh, like, what, let's say people are 13 and they have access to alcohol when they're at Uncle Charlie's house. They get in the habit of drinking whenever they can. Mm-hmm. Whereas coffee is available 24/7 just down the street at the convenience store, so they're not missing a chance. It's like last right. call, people start ordering up because this is their last chance. They're not going to have a chance to drink another one for a while. Sure, but yeah, now I've drank I've drank faster when last call's coming up. It doesn't have that uh, forbidden fruit flavor either. I mean, it doesn't have that. It's not sexy to. To drink coffee with your friends at uh, you know ten o'clock on a Friday night. Right, that's only cool yeah. when you're not supposed to be doing it. When you're around mm-hmm. maybe around seven or so, and you're not supposed to be drinking, then it actually is sexy to yeah. drink coffee. Exactly. Well, or seventeen. Uh, then uh, on March second of two thousand six, uh, two Hiram College students, Andrew Hopkins and Grace Chamberlain, both eighteen years old, were killed in a head-on crash in Burton, Ohio. Oh dear. The drunk driver who crossed onto their side 
uh, in a pickup truck and smashed into them head-on, was 47 years old, had 11 prior DWI convictions oh, on his record, God. and blew a 26. And you might be wondering what Mothers Against Drunk Driving was doing when this guy uh, was racking up 11 prior DWIs. Okay, He wasn't you a know, cop, was he? Oh, no, he wasn't a cop. Okay. He was not even a cop. Uh, they were going around pushing for sting operations and keg registration mm, laws and counterfeit-resistant right. IDs, saying without efforts to prevent underage drinking, there could be an increase in the number of drunk driving deaths and injuries among these inexperienced drivers. Uh, well, the guy was 47 that killed these two, and these two never get a chance to drink legally. But you know what Mothers Against Drunk Driving gets to tally them up as? Drunk? Look at all the teenagers getting killed in drunk driving crashes. Mm. Right. Where yeah. did I they see this recently? I saw an article all about this recently, and uh, I didn't. We didn't get to it on the air, but uh, man, it was it was pretty stunning. I mean, there's a large amount of accidents out there that involve teenagers because, well, they're on the road, um, and involve the other car, the adult being the drunken driver, but they get tallied up as uh, as teen drunk driving accidents or deaths. Students. Yeah, Students Against Destructive Decisions activist Emily Floor was 18 years old. She was killed on April 19th this year at 2043 when a southbound Chevy Trailblazer allegedly crossed onto her side and uh, struck her. The Trailblazer driver was 23, is charged with drunk driving, and already has a DWI conviction mm. on his record. You know, so, I mean, and there's plenty of these cases. Uh, and by the way, yesterday I didn't mean to imply that all cops drive drunk and kill <laughs> no. teenagers. You know, I mean, there's a case back on March 27, 1997, when a cop out in Hilo, Hawaii, was driving a patrol car perfectly sober, and the autopsy proved it. The autopsy that was performed after a drunk cop crashed into him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, Tom, you know, what's your solution here? Is there is there a way that we can reduce these uh, drunk driving fatalities? Well, I have what I did. I, I set up a uh, a play, Windows Media Player playlist, and what I've gone, I've picked up these news stories, like right off the six o'clock news that they put on their websites, and I link to them. And so, if you, you see, these would be good at a high school demonstration, especially a prom night coming up and mm -hmm. uh, graduation night. I have them sit there and watch the uh, the TV news blasting all about this 18-year-old guy who uh, was driving drunk and now faces two murder charges interspersed with, you know, the older, uh, the 47-year-old guy who killed two Hiram College students. You know, that, that generates a lot of anger towards these drunk drivers when they see somebody 47 years old who killed two 18-year-old ones. Uh, another textbook case there was uh, a 16-year-old girl uh, named Kimberly S. Hobbs. She was killed November 28, 2006. Another 16-year-old girl was driving. They were driving to Kimberly's grandmother's house, mm -hmm. and uh, the drunk driver who crashed on, crossed onto their side and struck them head-on mm -hmm. was 49 years old. That was on wow. uh, Neely Store Road. Man, you really, got your, uh, you really got your statistics down on well, this. On now, would it surprise yeah. you? What is your website, Tom? UDADD.com, Underage Drinkers Against Drunk Driving. UDADD.com. This is your site? Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Great. So I presume then that you would support uh, the abolishment of uh, the drinking age entirely? Oh, totally abolishing it, not not just uh, 
repealing it for, for certain ones, not just emancipating the slave, certain slaves, uh, but emancipating all the slaves. Awesome. You know, and, and not have to worry about whether the crime statistics might go up if the slaves are freed because we don't have any right to enslave them mm. in the first place. You know, the uh, government does not own the citizens and never had any right to inflict the drinking age on them. You are speaking my language, yeah, Tom. Absolutely true. Um, you know, I was over, I've been over in Europe uh, a couple times now, and if you go to Ireland, is all you have to do is be man enough to go to the pub and order <laughs> a beer. I mean, you could be 12 years old. You, put, you sit yourself on that stool and you say... Give me a beer. The bartender gets to choose whether or not he, he might wants make you pay in advance. But he, he yeah. might he might do anything. It's his bar. He gets yeah. to choose. Right. Um, but you if know, you drink, I, go ahead. If you drink, you drink. If you die, you die. Would it surprise you to know that uh, we've actually contacted Mothers Against Drunk Driving to uh, to ask them to come on the show and that they uh, they chickened out. Yeah, you know, it's it's so sad because their heart's in the right place. They just don't know what to do about it. Well, I, it's, I, it's typical. I tried working with them um, when really? I was in college a few years back, and they were like, well, what can we do to lower the drinking age? And I was like, well, why don't we give away some free... You mean lowered... Uh, to get rid of drunk driving. Okay. I'm sorry. To reduce drunk driving. Uh, not lower the drinking age, right. of course. But um, And I was like, well, why don't we get some taxi rides, free coupons for taxi rides, and we'll give them away on campus. That way, if someone's drunk, they can get a free taxi ride home. Oh, no, no. We can't do that because what if 18-year-olds will get them? 18-year-olds, <laughs> we have to – they said that they have to assume that 18-year-olds don't drink. And retarded. they have to uh, operate under that con- uh, assumption. Well, when they're, it law, really they're law and order people, right? You exactly. know, that's what they're all about. Enforce the laws, uh, draconian penalties. That'll solve the problem. When, of course, we all, all of us here, at least at this moment on the show, know that's not the case. Now, Tom, um, are you involved over at nhtree.com? Uh, I was involved in the New Hampshire Underground.com. Yes. But then. Uh, they banned my IP address. They, they, I guess uh, they, uh, for some reason, they, they won't let me post over there anymore. But uh, you know, about the, uh, the underage drinkers there, it's a matter of kind of like Rosa Parks refused to relinquish her seat because that law that discriminates against those innocent people is wrong, and she was fighting back by refusing to obey that law. That's what I think is going on when people will... Uh, like bring the beer up to the cash register on behalf of or at the request of the outvoted discrimination victims. I think they're fighting back because that law is wrong, and they're saying kind of like uh, Governor Snelling, Richard Snelling, back in the 1980s, told the Vermont legislature, I'm vetoing this bill to raise the drinking age. If you want to crack down on drunk driving, then crack down on drunk driving. Mm. He did that twice, and on the third time around, they Asked the bill to crack down on drunk driving, and this is what the pedestrians are doing when they go in and buy on behalf of an outvoted discrimination victim. Well, They're telling the state legislature, crack down on drunk driving. Don't punish innocent people. Tom, we're short on time here, but I, I would like to uh, to invite you back. Maybe I don't know what you. They don't ban people too often at nhfree.com, um, so I'm not sure what it was that. Uh, got up the administrators uh, behinds on that but i hope to see you back there because there's a bunch of great activists uh, that that are there that are here in the state that utilize that forum um, but i also like to invite you to freekeen.com that's our website and it's a great oh. place to uh, to go uh, to sort of check in and you sound like a guy that would really make a great candidate for representative have you ever run 
yeah, I got elected in 2000. I didn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> keep us up to date, man, Ben. Keep up the yeah. good work. I hope to see maybe you involved in some civil disobedience. Maybe we'll get out there in front of the uh, Department of Alcohol and serve some alcohol to minors or something like that. I know there's some people that would be interested in that. Thanks, Tom. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the kind of guy... I like to hear being here in New Hampshire. More on the way. Hour 2 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so do enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. We'll talk about a dirty little state trooper here in a few moments, but we've got to go to the phones first and talk to Vince in California, Vincent rather, uh, on the amplifier line. Hello there. Hey guys, how's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Hey, I wanted to talk about World War II, but before I do that, I wanted to mention um, for for people that want to get active in the Ron Paul campaign, a great way to do that is to go to www.meetup.com. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, there are 117 nationwide uh, Ron Paul meetup activist groups. Uh, great. Lo- a local one was created here in San Diego over the weekend, and we've already got like 45 people. We're going to be meeting this week to wow. figure out some stuff to do. To support his campaign, but actually he's he's got the most, the second most, the candidate with the second most is Barack Obama with only 67. So hmm. just goes to show how much real grassroots report support he has, as opposed to you know Fox News saying that we just have a bunch of cell phones. Every single uh, every single interview I've seen him on since the since the debate, and there's only been two of them, I think. But the ones that I've seen him on, they make a point of mentioning over and over again of how uh, Ron Paul, Ron Paul, with us here, uh, you're not doing very well in the polls. So uh, at one percent, you know, they always love to throw that in there as though you know it's hurting him, as though the people watching are going to dismiss what he has to say as a result of that. And I, I think that anybody that's already seen what Ron Paul has to say is going to listen with rapt that's attention right. to what it is that comes out of his mouth. That's right. Because we just got to get out there and let people know that he's here. Right, because um, because I mean, he's got something important to say. It's something drastically different from what every other candidate is saying, and Americans, I think, are picking up on it. At least the ones that are paying yeah. attention, and the ones that aren't picking that aren't paying attention are going to inevitably hear things from their friends who are paying attention. Right. And they're they're going to wonder why somebody is uh, somebody who prior prior to this election wasn't excited at all about uh, government and and politics and 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 voting. All of a sudden, now is excited because I can see Ron Paul as. Being being that motivating factor, being that candidate out there who is going to turn out the uh, the un uh, not unwashed masses, Absolutely. but the, uh, what, the silent that's what, majority. That's what that's what my, all my friends and family are saying about me. I mean, I'm totally anti-political, anti-politician, and for for them to hear me say a good thing about a politician is like mind blowing for them. Yeah, I, I just saw yesterday at least he had more subscribers on YouTube than any other candidate in the race. Well, yeah. I, you know, I saw that too, and I'm a little I'm a little concerned about that number because they've sort of been pushing that number, mm-hmm. and Ron Paul has a very active online uh, group of people. And I think that now that uh, the, those people have been tuned into the YouTube number, they're them, they themselves are going and downloading the uh, YouTube message to run the number up. 
So well, maybe, maybe, but, but, but still, I, I, he's got better be activists. That What's that? Wouldn't the other the other people be doing? Wouldn't the Obama people be saying, "Oh my gosh, Ron Paul's beating us. We uh, got to go on now." And sign no, up maybe not. Maybe, maybe his numbers haven't been moving like uh, Ron Paul's have. They may very I mean, well. Basically, Ron Paul kind of got near um, Obama and then bam, shot out in front in like a day. Well, you know, 3, in regards to the other candidates, their motivations may not be the same. I mean, they've got the millions and millions of dollars, and they, you know, they've got all the press attention that they can that they can muster, and so they may just simply be taking more of a wait and see approach, a uh, you know, rest on our laurels approach. Who is this Ron Paul guy? He's not going to do anything. <laughs> just a bunch of internet activists. They could be giving them them. They could be telling themselves the same excuses that the news reporters are using on the air, and and using that to justify not paying. attention attention to Ron Paul when, in fact, he, he really is a threat yes. to them. Vincent, any other thoughts? Oh, yeah. Or, so, yeah, World War II, right. Yeah, um, I, know, I know that it's that I've heard you guys talk about uh, World War One and how, you know, American intervention in that it was actually a very bad thing, both for America and for the rest of the world. Yes. And, and, I, and I hear that being said a lot more, but I wanted to sort of take the same tack to World War II, because when you talk to people about war... World War II is always the one that you know people come out and say, "Oh yeah, that's that's the just war. That's the war we should have fought." It's the big one. Um, Hitler was killing off Jews. Not that we knew that ahead of time, because you, you see, it's sort of like is that a, a fact. What's that? We didn't know that. Before. Well, of course, we didn't know that ahead of time. Um, it's the same as Abraham Lincoln and the slaves. Abraham Lincoln didn't sign the Emancipation Proclamation until two years after the uh, war began. He uh, he held out an olive branch to the, uh, uh, the the southern states of making slavery the law of the land, the whole country, before mm-hmm. they seceded. Abraham Lincoln's no abolitionist, right. but um, and th- that's the other war that will look uh, very and, just to people. And so, what I wanted to say about World War II is to look at the consequences of World War II, just like we look at the consequences of World War One and see what was so terrible about it. Okay. For example. U.S. Inv- uh, U.S. involvement in World War One. You know, we were supposed to save Europe from fascism. You know, but look at what actually happened. What actually happened is the aid that we gave to the Soviet Union led the Soviet Union to take over all of Eastern Europe for the next 50 years. Whereas mm-hmm. if America hadn't gotten involved, we could let fascism and communism sort of bleed each other dry. Well, right. we get it's rich, and, you know, set a great example for the rest of the world. And Harry Brown pointed out uh, when he was still alive in, in a couple of articles about this that uh, that it, that after uh, World War One and and the uh, was it the Treaty of Versailles in yes. that particular case they uh, basically they ejected the German Chancellor or whatever the high, Bismarck right I don't know who it was but they they ejected the the, the top guy over there from the country basically mm-hmm. yeah. and essentially made room for a strongman right. And and the other the other side of it is the same thing with Japan. You know, like the, the America had um, an embargo on Japan because Japan was attacking China, and we didn't the, the government. I'm sorry, didn't want uh, Japan to have too much influence. But look what the result of was stopping that war. We have China becomes a, a the, all the supplies go to Mao Zedong, and he uh, takes over the country into communist control. Mm-hmm. You know, creates a, a bunch of communist countries in Southeast Asia and kills 50 million people. <laughs> is that worse than than Japan having a war with China, where again they probably would have had an equitable peace or bled each other dry eventually? No, yep. it's way worse. You're absolutely right, Vincent. Once again, had the uh, United States government actually heeded the words of the founding fathers, we wouldn't have found ourselves in those uh, in those affairs, and our troops would, you know, they'd still be alive. They would have had uh, kids and grandchildren, and you know, our country would have been better off as a, as a result of and it. And the world. Yeah, and the world would have been better off. Uh, but but try telling that to somebody. You know, you you can't communicate these issues to people. Ron Paul did a great job. I saw a, a, again the clip from him on Bill Maher from a couple months mm-hmm. ago. It's up on YouTube. Oh God, uh, Bill Maher. 
Mark cornered him on uh, the Civil War. He tried to corner him, and Ron Paul made a, a a decent case against the Civil War, and Bill Maher just went right over his head. Bill Maher kept joking about it for the rest of the entire interview. Yeah. Oh, oh, so you're still against the Civil War? <laughs> you know, as though yeah. that's a crazy position. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is. It, well, so, no, it's not a ridiculous position. Bill Maher's. Ridiculous. No, it's ridiculous. Bill Maher is ridiculous. Yeah. Vincent, any other thoughts? Oh, just reminding everyone again: check out Meetup.com. Look for groups in your area. Get organized. I believe there's a out. link right on the bottom of Ron Paul's website at RonPaul2008.com. Oh, really? I believe there's a Meetup link right there. Okay, so, great. So uh, I would go that way. Thanks, Vincent. We appreciate the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Anybody else want to comment on the? Uh... That whole situation. Well, you know, he he had some really short soundbite um, issues when you start explaining, uh, you know, how United States intervention in World War One affected, uh, you know, the outcome of World War Two, United States intervention in, um, you know, sort of. Uh, Eastern uh, politics over there with Japan and that kind of thing caused uh, Mao Zedong to come to power. Um, you know, our participation in World War II caused the communists to come to power in in Europe and uh, you know Russia and that that general vicinity. I don't know. They're sort of soundbitey. I think that some people could get that. Um, I don't know. It certainly won't be lost on everyone, but the Civil War explanation was definitely lost on Bill Maher and. Well, it's it's because Bill Maher um, doesn't have any desire whatever to see Ron Paul's point of view. It's Bill Maher's microphone. Bill Maher's also a comedian. Remember, right? It's, he's he's he a funny it guy. Into a joke. And, right. and it's it's easy. It's easy. I mean, I don't know. Uh, suppose somebody came on the show and started talking about uh, you know the flat Earth Society um, mm-hmm. on the internet, and you know was making good points. It's not our job to uh, listen to them and their f- flat Earth points. It's our job to make fun of them. Got it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number, but I think a lot of people are going to respond in the way that Bill Maher did. I mean, even though yes, Bill Maher is a comedian and all that, I think a lot of people it's going to just whiz right by him, and they're going to say, "Whoa, that's not what I learned in history class." Yeah, and it's uh, hard for I know a lot of people. Um, the Civil War was fought here in America, but for World War One and World War Two, we didn't sustain damage here in America. We were protected protected by the two oceans on either side. What about Hawaii? Well, uh, sure. I Hawaii. Well, in in both cases, they've done the historians. I made a good explanation for that last night. In both cases, the historians have done a fine job of whitewashing the true uh, realities of uh, both of those mm-hmm. cases. More on the way. You take control. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show, and you can bring up anything toll free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features completely free, including updates. You just get signed up. We clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates. FreeTalkLive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at FreeTalkLive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. So let's talk about a uh, perverted state trooper. Uh, where is this out of, Toby? This is from Tennessee, out of ABC News. Now, state troopers are your best protection, or at least that's what a bumper sticker says. Right. Which, by the way, I find very laughable. I mean, on the scale of the scale of state protection agencies, 
from federal to state to local. What? The state troopers are my best protection? Yeah, don't Against they usually what? just give tickets? That's all. That's pretty much all they do. Yeah, they respond pull to over a drunk driver and yeah, respond to an accident. But as far as protecting me is concerned, what? Well, I mean, the local cops have a better chance of responding to any well, sort of uh, situation than the state troopers, and even they aren't uh, very good protection. I suppose me I, and my guns are the best let protection. Me t- let me take up uh, you know the state troopers' side on this. I'm not saying this is right, but here's what their argument would be: is um, you spend a great deal of time on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. Cars are the you know a big killer. I don't know the you know whether what's the number one killer or anything like that. I think it's actually uh, lung cancer, um, heart disease, heart attack, yeah, something like that. But cars kill a lot of people. Um, it's a very dangerous place to be. Uh, everybody rolling around in these two-ton death machines, and we. The state troopers, by our very existence, um, keep law and order <laughs> on the road. Um, and if we weren't around, everybody would, would be carooming and careening, um, you know, driving cattywampus all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd be going the wrong way on one-way streets. It, you know, it'd be it'd be utter chaos without us, the state troopers. Yeah. Well, still gotta disagree with the bumper sticker. Okay, fine. All right. So what happened to this guy? Well, porn uh, porn stars blog has Tennessee trooper in hot water. This from ABC News. A Tennessee Highway Patrol has suspended a trooper who allegedly allegedly received a sexual favor from a porn star and recorded the act with a camera from his cruiser in return for ignoring possession of illegal painkillers. The the woman, who goes by the stage name Barbie Cummings, said that on a traffic stop on May 7th, (laughs) Trooper James Randy Moss found illegal painkillers in her car, but decided not to bust the Knoxville woman in return for a sexual favor. Decided. (laughs) Now Moss is on paid administrative leave, pending an investigation by Tennessee Department of Safety. He gets a vacation um, for, you know, for uh, using, is it, was it a government uh, video camera that he used? Oh, yes. A government video (laughs) camera to record himself getting uh, a favor from a porn star in return for not, uh, you know, busting her for drugs. So he's not Paid only vacation. He's not doing his job. This, he's this using is, it's this. amazing what the union works out for these guys. That's oh, amazing. I wish I, my job was like this. The incident came <laughs> to the attention of officials when someone filed an internal complaint against the veteran trooper, according to the Tennessee Highway, Highway Patrol spokesperson. A blog maintained by the woman, which recounts sordid details of the alleged ex alleged escapade, Mm. has drawn additional attention to the case, and the department is investigating whether Moss has violated the law. The woman, Wait, Moss is the... Uh, Moss is the trooper. The trooper, okay. Yes, and the, he may have vi- violated the law I was this. concerned there for a moment they were investigating whether the woman violated the law by posting the, uh, the details on her blog. <laughs> well, uh, he, he actually like gave to give that her to her. <laughs> the woman who, in an interview with ABC News, would only reveal her actual first name, Justice, posted on the entry May 7, the date alleged offense. She said that she was pulled over around 1 a.m. on a Tennessee highway for driving 92 in a 70-mile-an-hour zone. In the blog, Justice writes, after pulling her over, the trooper found her happy pills while searching her car. Justice does not specify Moss's name in the blog. Mm -hmm. The trooper explained that the punishment for the narcotics possession would likely prevent her from leaving the state, at which point Justice said she began to get very upset and cried. You wanted to know why. (laughs) That's usually all you have to do if you're a lady. I mean, in many cases, the the crying routine will actually get you some sympathy from some kind. I don't know. Um, It's it's not like it's never been tried before. It's getting it's tired, and a lot of cops. I I don't think it'll work on. I don't. I'm not saying all of them. My girlfriend said it's worked for her. Right. 
It does still work on some cops. Well, you know, uh, it crying is free. Give it a shot. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, this cop wanted to have an explanation for the crying. She said she told him that she was a porn star under contract and she must travel from Knoxville's, Knoxville to Los Angeles once a month for porn scenes. Exactly. And what does that have to do with <laughs> Well, she has to leave the state, and, and he told her that with the painkiller oh, bus that she, she wouldn't be allowed to leave. Back, like, exactly. She said that, that the two then moved inside Moss's cruiser, where she, where she said he asked about the website that she was on. She gave him the domain name for her blog, and the two of them watched clips from two of her movies on the laptop in his cruiser. On the police laptop. Exactly. They have high speed in there. Yeah, they would. Then the trooper took the handful of pills and scattered them in the brush next to the interstate. After that, she claims he asked her to follow her to a secluded place where she performed oral sex while he allegedly took photographs and short video clips using the handheld wow. camera from the cruiser. Amazing. Justice Foolish. said she didn't want Mo to get Moss into trouble and suspects he incriminated himself by talking about the incident. She said he called her the next day after the traffic stop and asked if he could share the details with his co-workers. Not a good idea. <laughs> They, you know, they hire the bite, uh, brightest and the best. She said well, that he was just so proud of himself. Oh, yeah. th this is even better. She said the trooper also emailed her the photos and video, which she promptly posted on her blog. Justice said she has few regrets about what she did. And as for Moss, who could not be reached for comments, she said she feels some sympathy, but insisted that he brought the situation upon himself. Yeah, he no doubt. <laughs> He's wait, wait, what? Does it give her website? No, it does oh, not okay. out here. Right. He's not necessarily being punished for the act itself, but he did do it. He did go to the adult website on the computer that was assigned him, and he did do it while he was on duty, yeah, Justice I'm said. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be doing that uh, during the work day. It's not a office. good idea. Justice also says he made all these decisions as a grown-up. There was no coercing or nothing. There is a chance, though, that the two may meet again when Justice attends the court ne a court date next month. Despite the alleged tryst, she still received a $180 speeding ticket from Mom. What a chip! I know it. That's so amazing I, to me. <laughs> yeah, that guy has has got some uh, cojones for sure. Perhaps um, he was just trying to cover himself uh, as far as the for the pullover. Yeah, because he was gone for quite a while there. Mm, good point. Good point. And and they can really take their sweet time when writing those tickets. You know, they. I mean, just to get a ticket out of a cop could take can take twenty to thirty minutes. For sure. Oh yeah. Because they'll just sit. What they do is they pull you over and they get your uh, license and registration immediately, and then they just sit back in their air conditioned car and. and you always wonder what they're doing. Surf uh, the internet. Yeah. Whatever. Much. Not toss sure what one they're off. doing. Yeah, but a hundred and eighty dollar uh, ticket after. I don't know. I'd be very upset if I was her, and she seems well, pretty maybe happy the ticket, about it. I don't know. I, I'm shocked that she she didn't post his name on the internet. Uh, maybe the fact that she posted those on uh, that online had something to do with the $180 ticket. Maybe she would have kept it quieter if uh, he hadn't given her that ticket. But then again, he uh, was the one blabbing it around to his buddies at the station. And hey, what's this? What's going to come of this? Do though? you I think mean, he'll actually lose his job? I doubt it. He's got a paid vacation. They'll probably shuffle him uh, to a different part of the department. If 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 you find out more, we'd love to know what the rest of the story is. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the Sankle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, including the wiki, over 1,350 pages created by listeners just like you. It's the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 18th through the 24th at Porkfest. That's, uh, that's about a month away now. At Porkfest, you'll be able to talk with New Hampshire natives and those who've made the move, as well as socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty in addition to hearing and discussing the progress and the future of the Free State Project. And there's a lot more going on there from what I understand. This is going to be my first year going to Porkfest and yours as well, Mark. And mm-hmm. Toby, didn't you tell us it's going to be yours too? Yeah, my second year actually. Oh, second year, okay. So you know what to expect. And there's there's vendor tables and uh, games and uh, all sorts of good activities fun. Activities. It's at a different location than I was last year, but I believe there's still is there still a swimming pool and stuff at this next this, one? I think so. This one's a little more close to civilization apparently. Right. So it's a little more convenient for people. Um, so looking forward to that. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Of course, Mark and I will be there on behalf of Free Talk Live. Uh, we're going to do the, the Saturday show live from Porkfest. And uh, you're going to be doing Free Minds TV there. Yeah, we're going to well. be doing a two-hour special, actually. It won't so. be live, but it'll be taped. Right. But uh, it will air live on the on the television, which is pretty cool. So if you want to get involved in that, head over to Porkfest at uh, porkfest.com. So uh, let's see here. We're talking about... The police and sex. And what happened was there was a state trooper who pulled a lady over for speeding. Turns out she had some, what was it, oxys or something like that? It said painkillers. Presumably oxycodones or hydrocodones, something with that in it, um, in in the car with her, which apparently uh, they weren't hers. And so that's a big deal. I mean, that's like a felony charge. If you've got painkillers or you've got a prescription uh, drugs that are not yours they're going to charge you with a felony. And so the cop had quite a bit of leverage over this lady. Of course, cops always have leverage. They've got guns. But in this case, he managed to uh, convince her. She she happened to be a porn star. Uh, But he he managed to convince this lady to go uh, on the side of the road with him and give him a little bit of uh, sexual favor, so to speak. And he brilliantly decided to film and photograph the occasion, and then with a government uh, camera, right? And uh, he still probably would have gotten away with it if he hadn't have uh, gone and blabbed to his uh, peers about the station. Hey, exactly. guess what I got from a porn star yesterday? <laughs> it was fabulous. Yep, yep. There's so, the video to prove it. So he's uh, he's gotten in a bit of trouble, but not a lot. He's just on a paid vacation, basically, while they're reviewing the case, which, of course, what they'll probably do is they'll, you know, they'll wait for the media hubbub, whatever amount of it there is over this, uh, was it Tennessee? Yeah. In Tennessee to die down, and then they'll just bring him back and put him back out on patrol. If there's a lot of media attention still when they're done reviewing the case, they'll probably put him on a desk job for a while or something like that, and then put him back out in the uh, the force later on down the line after everybody is after it's all sort of blown over. Because it's very rare for the police to actually get in trouble for the things that they do. It, it happens. There are instances where it where it does happen, but but not very likely. All right, a little bit of good news for you here. From KLBJ 590 in, uh, I think it's Austin. A federal judge Monday blocked enforcement of a voter-endorsed ordinance preventing apartment rentals to most illegal immigrants in the Dallas suburb of, oh gosh, Farmer's Branch. 
which we talked about last week on the show, they had voted 68% of, of, of people in that community voted for this regulation that were, was to force of landlords to check the immigration status of people that were applying to rent their houses or their apartments. The ordinance was to take effect on Tuesday, more than a week after the voters approved it. Opponents had filed three requ- uh, requests in federal court for an injunction to stop its enforcement. It requires managers to verify that renters are U.S. citizens or legal immigrants before leasing to them. With some exceptions, violators faced a fine of up to $500, and each day would be considered a separate violation. Whoa. That, that adds up quickly. Only the federal government can determine whether a person is in the United States legally, wrote U.S. District Judge Sam Lindsay. Instead of deferring to federal officials, Farmers Branch has created its own classification to determine which non-citizens may rent an apartment, the judge ruled. Lindsay also wrote that the city appeared to have used federal regulations on housing benefits for non-citizens to define who may rent an apartment in the city. Quote, the court recognizes that illegal immigration is a major problem in this country, and one who asserts otherwise ignores reality. The court also fully understands the frustration of cities attempting to address a national problem that the federal government should handle. However, such frustration, no matter how great, cannot serve as a basis to pass an ordinance that conflicts with federal law. So, it has been struck down. Which is a little bit of good news. Mm -hmm. We try to bring you the good news when it's out there. Just not a lot of it. Unfortunately, I, I wish that we were overwhelmed with good news about freedom winning and uh, tyranny being on the decline. Unfortunately, it's just not that way in most cases. 800-259-9231. I don't know if they're going to appeal this particular thing. The city had not been served with the lawsuit. Also, let's see, a federal lawsuit was filed in Dallas on behalf of three Latino voters who lived in Farmer's Branch. And that's about it for that story. Sexual slavery is also something we can talk about. It sort of ties into um, the porn star being sort of enslaved on the side of the road. It's, it's sort of a bit of slavery, don't you think? I mean, the cop has power over her. The cop has a gun. The cop has the ability to put her in a jail cell and charge her with crimes. And she, in return, gave up some sexual favors in order to get out of some of that. Yeah, it's not like she was um, forced to have these uh, oxycodones or whatever with her. Um, she didn't have to have those things. Mm-hmm. No, she wasn't forced um, to, to have to do that. That was an exchange is what that was. It well, was it was an exchange um, you know, brought about by a position of, a man in a position of power. He has right. He wouldn't right. have had the ability to make the change if he hadn't been in the power um, in that position of power. Well, according to ABC News, to those who traffic in humans, the slaves are nothing but cargo, undocumented workers. And this is sort of another side of the immigration situation that we haven't really discussed on Free Talk Live. We've talked about people coming over here surreptitiously and under the cover of night and by a coyote and that sort of thing, but we haven't really talked about all the different ways that those people work when they get here. Sex slavery is one of them. Undocumented workers lured to the United States with the promise of a better life often end up being sold into slavery. The trackers take extraordinary measures to get workers inside the United States. Some come hidden in shipping containers, stashed under the flatbeds of pickup trucks, or packed like uh, sardines in the trunks of cars. Others are even rolled up in carpets. These are all real examples. Real life. Smugglers and those who traffic slaves prey on the desperate. It's almost always based upon a vulnerability, poverty, despair, poor education, little prospects, said the assistant attorney in charge of the Civil Rights Division. Again, everyone trying to reach for the brass ring, and that is America for many people across the world. And so when they get a hope, 
of an opportunity to do something significant like make a life for themselves in many cases to help bring money back to the family that they're leaving behind. They jump on it, and they're led by deceit to come to America, and then all the promises are broken. In an effort to crack down on smugglers, the Justice Department has set up 42 task forces nationwide. From 2001 to 2006, the department prosecuted 360 people for human trafficking and modern-day slavery, a 300% increase over the past six years. So it's a real problem. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's a real reason why it's a real problem. In fact, the reasons are twofold. One, prostitution is illegal in the United States. Two, immigration, without jumping through a bunch of hoops, is illegal in the United States. And we'll get into that in a moment here. But to date, the government has helped more than 1,000 victims from 72 countries escape the smuggling industry, which is uh, called here a multi-billion dollar smuggling industry that fuels modern-day slavery. The numbers are staggering. Government estimates say 800,000 people are bought, sold, and smuggled worldwide annually. As many as 18,000 of those 800,000 make their way to the United States from all corners of the world from at least 72 countries Dozens of smuggling rings identified by the government traffic people in the United States, part of what is a multi-million dollar black market industry. Ding, ding, ding. There you go. It's a huge number. It's the black market. As soon as you prohibit a product or a service, in this case, this is a service that is normally offered between two consenting adults, because you can hire in a, in a free marketplace where um, sex is a legal product to sell, you can hire someone that's going to allow you to push them around a little bit, that's going to uh, allow you to have them as your slave for two hours or for a night or whatever. That sort of service would be available because there are people that are demanding it. Inevitably, some women will provide that. And so that'll uh, we'll come back and talk about this more. And I know it sounds iconoclastic, and it is. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features for free, including the AMP program. Uh, well, that's not, I'm sorry, that's not a free feature. The AMP program is the unfree feature on the website, but everything else is free. Um, but what I want you to do is go to amp.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. But it is uh, a voluntary option. Uh, basically, the idea is simple. If you like Free Talk Live, you want to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations and spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible and as fast as possible, then send us three bucks a month, as are doing over 380 of our listeners. Uh, for, again, as little as $3 a month, that's less than the price of a cup of coffee. You can really make a difference with Free Talk Live because we take that money in and we turn it around into advertising the show and getting the show out there so more people can hear the message of freedom. If that's valuable to you and you want to get yourself access to some of the AMP perks, like the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, and forum, go to amp.freetalklive.com. Read about how we're spending the money. I think you'll find it pretty impressive. That's amp.freetalklive.com. We're talking about slavery sexual slavery, and other forms of slavery. Slavery that is uh, available right here in the good old United States. It's a result, a direct result, of prohibition on immigration. Now, okay, I know you're saying that, oh, well, immigration is not prohibited in America. Well, it pretty much is. I mean, if you're someone who's poor in another country and you want to come to the, uh, to the United States, you're going to have to have some money 
because the whole process of becoming a citizen, the legal process, mm-hmm. is a, is an arduous, paperwork-filled and fine and fee-filled process. D- don't forget the lawyers. Um, you're you're, right. you're going to be sidetracked, backtracked, and, and put on the back burner if you don't have an um, immigration attorney. And that's going to cost you through the nose. Yeah, uh, sure. So, again, if you can't afford to come here, you're pretty much SOL. But that doesn't that doesn't stop people from still wanting to come here, and and those people are willing to do what it takes in order to get here. In many cases, if they've got a little bit of money, less than the amount that the legal process costs, like maybe fifteen hundred bucks, they'll spend that with a coyote, and the coyote will get them across the border, and hopefully they'll live through the experience. Some cases they die of uh, overheat uh, overheating in the back of a truck or something like that, but. But at least when they get to uh, America, they're let go and they're free to go out and, and do what they what they whatever they want, so long as you know they don't get caught by ICE. But then there's the other level of uh, people that come here: those who live in other countries that don't have enough for the coyotes. What happens to them? You think they want to stay in the lousy place where they live? They've been told that America is the land of the free. They've been told that there's all kinds of opportunities here. And so they get sold a bill of goods by these uh, coyotes, these smugglers, human smugglers. And they're, uh, they're allowed to come to America, the United States, for free. But they then have to pay a much, much bigger price when they get here. In fact, in many cases, they're lied to about what's going to happen to them when they get here. And they discover that, oh, surprise, you're being forced to work in an underground brothel. <laughs> As these people were. Kim, uh, this is again one of the government people saying this may be the second or third most lucrative underground activity in the world. Uh, in 2005, the government convicted members of the Carreto smuggling cartel of promising scores of poor women from Mexico marriage and a chance for a better life in America, only to then force them into sexual slavery in Queens and Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn New York. How do they do this? I mean, they, they, the, the women go with them and they're... they're Away from where they're used to, I, I, I can kind of get that, and then they and they're scared, really, really scared. So, um, girls, you have the opportunity to. I mean, they well, could. I'm, they, I'm sure they can very escape, right? People. These are. I, I've read some articles that talk about how these are not the coyotes are not very nice people. Oh, they're hell not, no, they're well, not someone they're who you want to just be like, oh, I, I, I don't want to work in a brothel. They don't give you the option. I understand to do what that. you're saying, but to run that kind of operation, I mean, you have to. You, you. It's not like you can pick up. Um, ten girls, throw them in a truck, and disappear overnight. I mean, this this is a static operation in one place geographically. Um, you know, running a brothel, it seems to me it's what do you it's mean kind it's of a dangerous... static in one place? I mean, they can have brothels in different cities. You're saying the brothel itself is what static? I'm saying, right? The, the brothel itself is static. They can you, move it around. They, they could, could move they it could around but not quickly. Okay, once you start moving it around, your your um, security is compromised. The girls can get away and that kind of thing. Um, well, you move. Okay. Right, they, I'm they just saying some it, awful it, things. It seems I've seen a that very they, difficult they, operation. They can go after family members of other people who are mm. in the other countries mm. still. That's a little bit of security that mm. they get, or they can at least threaten to do that, and that's probably all they'll need to do is to scare these ladies that are, uh, or in some cases, guys. The women, in fact, they go into uh, the coercive tactics used here. The women, some of them, forced to work in a filthy brother, told, told to charge Johns twenty-five to thirty-five dollars, of which they didn't see a penny. And uh, according again to ABC News, they were also beaten to keep them under control, and their movements were restricted. This kind of modern-day slavery is hard to imagine in the United States. I think these cases are so painful to see, and it's often hard for the victims to recognize that they're even victims, said uh, another government bureaucrat, uh, the government pretending to care here. Uh, It's disgusting, 
Meyer said these organizations are run by some of the very worst criminals in our society. They treat human beings as cargo, as commodities to prey upon for a simple profit. Now, I find that a bit ironic that the government uh, people would make <laughs> they don't that see statement. It that way. No, of course they don't see it that way. But the but what the government does is only a few degrees different from what the uh, the human smugglers do. You can make the case, but these people that work for the government simply do not see it. That of course way. not. They see themselves as being heroes. Uh, some victims become slaves because they're too poor to pay for their smuggling transport fees. Seven years ago, Jose Martinez, formerly of Mexico, was toiling in a Florida slave camp's tomato fields from dusk to dawn. He told ABC News that a smuggler sold him for $350. Each night, Martinez's captors locked him in a trailer with 28 other workers. So that's where you get to stay, Mark, is in a room or a trailer. Each night? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just... it. Th- these guys don't have the opportunity like... Uh, uh, like a, like a prison to put up fences, barbed wire, okay. guard trucks, that kind of thing. Didn't stop them from being under constant watch and under threat of violence. He did finally manage to run away after four months of captivity. There okay. are people that do get away, but they're they're so beaten into submission mm-hmm. uh, that they're they're scared to death of of leaving their captors. In a similar Florida slavery case. Uh, Ramiro Ramos and his brother Juan were sentenced to 15 years in prison in 2004 for enslaving farm workers who worked from sunup till sundown. Hundreds of undocumented workers have been warned they would, were warned they would be shot if they tried to leave. They told they had been told that if you tried to leave, you'll be fed to the alligators. And they heard that people had been beaten. Said uh, one of the coordinators. Oh, I'm sure that if they catch these guys trying to leave, that they're uh, more than willing to uh, sacrifice, you know, to, to kill that guy off to show the and rest of them. And they probably do it in front of the other oh, people. Oh, I'm absolutely certain that they do such a thing. You're supposed to go in a uh, place with wages and good working conditions. In this situation, people had no freedom of movement due to the extreme atmosphere of coercion, of violence, of fear that they were going to be killed. The traffickers used not only violence to control slaves, but also the threat of deportation and arrest. Undocumented workers are often told they'll be sent to prison and face even worse conditions. According to the managing attorney of Break the Chain, a resource group for enslaved persons, they said the psychological coercion is a huge factor. Physical coercion, rapes, beatings, sexual assault, locking people in closets, it all definitely happens. But the primary tool, one of the first tools that they use is psychological coercion, isolating people, scaring people, and putting major fear in people. So the victims stay hidden. And it's very difficult to actually uncover these operations. Now, once again, and there's a little bit more to this story, and we'll post the full thing online at bbs.freetalklive.com later for you. But once again, this all goes back to prohibition. Uh, If it were not for the government rules against immigration, if it were not for the government rules against prostitution, none of this would be going on, or very, very little. Because as far as sex slaves are concerned, with a free market in prostitution, there'd be all manner of prostitutes available out there and a wide variety of of quality and prices, although quality would 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 trend towards the higher end. Uh, the prices would be uh, would come down. They'd be more affordable, and there'd be no profit motive in the uh, in it for the gangs. The gangs wouldn't be able to to make money off of sex slaves anymore. Yeah, they're doing it for twenty five, thirty bucks a pop. I mean, that's right. that's dirt cheap already. Right, so. and the girls aren't getting anything out. Of right. It. Oh, I'm sure they're not. Um, I mean, in, in a free marketplace, girls could go into business for themselves. They would not need pimps. They would not need gangsters uh, to to set up the deals. And they'd be able to keep all the profits for themselves. And they'd be able to compete. They'd be able to offer uh, very customized services, especially even even sick, weird stuff. That would be on the marketplace as well. well. No, I, I don't think that uh, legalizing prostitution would make um, this uh, go away. Um, what The problem here is the prohibition against uh, people, immigration. 
That's the problem. It's both here. of it. It's it, both. It's Mark. not both of them. Well, they have to be able to make money from their slaves. Understood. And they can only make so much money picking tomatoes. It's a lot better to put them into sex slavery. Understood. But um, likely that if you legalize prostitution, their services would would be somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred dollars an hour, or a hundred dollars a a visit. These girls here aren't working for something like that. You don't. How can you pr- uh, predict what prostitutes would cost, Mark? Because I can see what things um, work, uh, what, what things cost right now. I know what strippers cost I, I mean you know there's no no that's not even the same thing mark it's strippers what I'm telling you, strippers. this is a prohibition against immigration is the issue here not the prohibition it's, it's against both prostitution. it's both issues mark and it's and I, I don't think it's fair to ignore the prostitution side of this because women are being sold into sex slavery and the fact is in the marketplace people would be able to compete and prices would come down using nevada as an example of what the mark free market would be like is not fair because it's a one. Uh, it's one example. We'll come back with more. Hour three. Uh, actually, yeah, hour three's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for three dollars a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching into hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free. 800-259-9231 would be the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are completely free. Uh, That, once again, freetalklive.com. We are talking about sex slavery, and I want to get back into that here in a few moments, but it's a new hour, so we can start fresh, and let's go to the phones, because Ryan has been waiting patiently in Texas on the amplifier line. Hello, Ryan. Hey, y'all, we're talking about the uh, Farmer's Branch Ordinance that was just overturned. Yes, this is a uh, an ordinance that was passed by majority vote in Farmer's Branch, Texas, to mandate that all landlords of apartment buildings must check the immigration status of anyone who's looking to rent from them, and it was uh, flipped over in federal court. Yeah, first thing, um, I at one point in time, I had a co-worker who was on the main committee, I forget what it's called, that was pushing for this ordinance. Um, one thing, he's, he assured me before that they're going to appeal it up and appeal it up until they can't anymore. So it's, we're, that's not the end of it. I know that. Other thing is, it was actually quite hilarious. I only had one conversation with him over it because he's a moron. And uh, first, well, first thing, I tried to explain to him, you know, this is unnecessary, because his excuse was welfare. He couldn't comprehend. Mr. Republican here couldn't comprehend the, the idea of doing away with welfare. <laughs> what was his uh, response to your suggestion? Something along the lines of, oh, we can't do that. We can't do that. People need welfare. Amazing, isn't it? Oh, it was insane. And, and this is Mr. Republican here. Right. <laughs> has, he, is he, has he been a Republican for a long time? Is he older, or how old is he? Yeah, he's an old guy. So um, he was around before welfare, essentially? No, welfare's been around for a long well, time. Well, it's gotten much bigger over right. time, but... Well, he's not that rational a person, let me tell you why. Okay. Well, the next thing I started talking to him about was the fact that this is turning every landlord in that city into a slave to the government, a, a deputized, unpaid Im- immigration officer. Yeah, an enforcer. Mm-hmm. Right, and he couldn't comprehend that either. Then my favorite part came up. I tried to convince him that this is just a racist thing to do, and he said he doesn't care what race these people are. They shouldn't be here, whether they be, and he named off the three biggest minorities in Farmer's Branch, Mexicans, Vietnamese, and Puerto Ricans. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, well, um, Puerto Ricans are Americans. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, but he's white, he's not a racist, but he wants all these illegal Puerto Ricans out. Uh-huh. Yeah. This guy's on the committee for this thing, and he plan- this group plans to appeal it up as, as far as they can. Oh, jeez. Well, that's a downer. <laughs> yeah, it, we haven't heard the end of it, but it won't. It can't pass. I mean, because we're either going to have Ron Paul or a Democrat in the White House pretty soon. Yeah, that's so, true. Very good, Ron. Even, even as bad as Ron Paul's position is on immigration, you know he would be against this, and he'd raise hell about it. I would hope so. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Talking about an issue that ties directly into immigration, and it's a serious issue. It's slavery. Yeah, that's right. Slavery. It's still here in America, believe it or not. I mean, there's there are two very real instances of slavery in America, and we're talking about one of them right now, and that is the slavery that results from people that want to come here so badly that they're willing to do almost anything. Indentured servitude, I think, is probably better terminology. Well, Slav- slavery is easier to for people to get, but I think it's... Well, now, Mark, some of them know in advance, but others don't. Um, others are told they're going to be brought here for uh, to get married to somebody, mm-hmm. and that, of course, that you know they understand that that usually means they're going to be getting uh, citizenship as well. And, you know, they aren't told all the facts. They don't know what all the rules are and the the, the legalities of being legal in America. They don't know all that. How right. could they? Right? We don't even know what all those things are. And so they just believe the uh, the line that they're fed by the gangsters. And then once the gangsters get in control of them and they bring them over here, they're completely cut off from their family in the country that they came from. And, and then, by the way, sex slavery is, is done all around the world, not just in the United States. Um I think, I think they said 800,000 people, ABC News reporting that 800,000 people around the world are sold into sex, sex slavery, and we only see a fraction of it here. But, but nonetheless, um, there are people being brought here under false pretenses, and then they are beaten into submission. So that's a very real situation, Mark. And, and, and I have to disagree with you. There's two factors to this. It's prostitution being illegal and immigration being uh, being pretty much illegal in America as well. Those are the two major factors that are contributing to uh, to sex slavery. Now, you suggested that um, if, for instance, prostitution were legalized, you're suggesting that there would still be an underground market, that there would still be black market prostitutes, there would still be these sex slaves uh, coming here. And that's certainly a possibility. Are there legal uh, fruit pickers? Sure. Are there illegal fruit pickers? Yes. Are the illegal fruit pickers probably driving down the wages to some extent or another of the legal fruit pick- mm-hmm. pickers? Yes. Okay, that's the point I'm trying to make. That, I'm agreeing with you, but I think they both need to happen. That simply legal. I do absolutely. I'm not. Look, I would never. You made it sound like it was just one a one issue. Um, I really do believe deal. that what you're talking about here really is one issue. Well, it's These not, people though. are priced so low, so beneath the market that they're re- that, that the issue the issue of legalizing prostitution so that a bunch of white women can sell themselves for 150 or 200 dollars a go like they do in Nevada does not um, correlate to what's going on with these illegal. That's where people. you're wrong. That's where you're wrong, because uh, Wikipedia, according to the article about the Netherlands, where prostitution is legal, and uh, so you're saying you're saying legalize immigration, but if you legalize prostitution, that doesn't matter, right? I'm saying that it's not going to change the fact that these women will still be enslaved in order to do what it is that they're doing, because in the same way that people are enslaved, like this guy that you were talking about, he's enslaved to pick fruit to work mm-hmm. in the field? Well... It, it, it's it's not like legalizing um, fruit picking would have done away with that. He's still being enslaved to do it. 
Right. It's not an issue of legalized prostitution. It's an issue of um, you know prohibiting immigration. That's I, the point I'm trying to make. That's certainly the primary issue. However, even if immigration were allowed, there would like still fruit be... Like fruit-picking. Uh, excuse me. Even if prostitution was allowed, like fruit-picking is. No, no, no. Even if immigration were allowed um, fully, mm-hmm. then, uh, there, then you would still have a problem with underground... Uh, you would still have a problem with sex slaves in the prostitution market. And they have that problem in the Netherlands, as you, a matter of fact. I, I, I'm sure you do, um, simply because um, you would have the – well, they probably have the problem in the Netherlands because of their immigration um, issue, not because of the prostitution issue. Prostitution is legal in the ne- Netherlands. It's the prohibition no. on immigration no, that's the problem. No, that's not mentioned, at least in the story here at, at, uh, at Wikipedia. I mean, immigration may be a factor, but I don't think that the uh, that these – um, slaves, the sex slaves that are being brought into the Netherlands are being promised that they're going to you know, get all this freedom and stuff like they are here in America. They're just being brought over by uh, Baltic sort of gangs and, you know, different, uh, and also su- South American gangs. These gangsters, they know that uh, prostitution is legal in the Netherlands, so they, what they do is they bring the girls in and then they rent out uh, the spots in the red light district. Mm-hmm. And once again, they're coercing these girls into, into slavery simply because it's profitable, simply because they can, uh, they can make money off of it. And so, so basically there are still women that are being enslaved, right. even and, in the legal situation. But of course, it's not a true free market in prostitution. There's, you know, there are certain rules and regulations that surround right, but it. I, I don't, I, I, all that proves to me is that there's a great deal of profit margin in um, prostitution in the Netherlands and that – you know, there's these people are being um, enslaved. It doesn't have anything to do with legality or illegality of prostitution. Um, you know, this is that's an, as far as I'm concerned, that's a kidnapping issue. Um, yes, know, that's a, what it is. It's it a, is crime. a kidnapping issue. The point that I'm trying to make to you is, I can make the um, the, the case is is they are using they are enslaving men to pick fruit here in the United States, and they're enslaving some women, probably attractive and younger ones, mm-hmm. to be prostitutes. Um, fruit picking is legal. Prostitution is illegal. Legalizing prostitution will not result in people not being right. enslaved. Right. You have to do both. You have to do both. I don't think that it would matter. I don't. I think the issue is the prohibition because people who don't want to be prostitutes will come across the border. They will sew clothes. I'm assuming it's women, so mm-hmm. I'm likely they'll they'll sew clothes. They'll clean houses. They'll work in hotels. They'll do whatever they want to do to make money. They'll keep their purity. And I, I you know, I'm I think that prostitution should be legalized, Ian. Okay, good. But you know, that's not the problem. But I'm saying you are misanalyzing this. That's all. 1-800-259-9231. If you've got comments on this uh, situation, I think they're both critical. I think they both need to be done. Um, both uh, people need to, uh, prostitution needs to be legalized and immigration uh, needs to be legalized as well. There needs to be no hoops to jump through. You just need to be able to come here. And uh, Toby, I'd like to hear what you think about all this Taking coming it up. all in. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Cycle CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free. That does include live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free, freetalklive.com. Com. Opportunistic lawyers, judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, and meddling bureaucrats. 
These people want your money, home, and car. What have you done to protect yourself? At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They'll show you how to keep your assets. That's KeepYourAssets.net. So we're talking about prostitution and legalizing prostitution and making it so immigration is a uh, not a arduous process that people want to avoid, but making it so people can cross borders freely, at least in a so-called free America. Not just want to avoid, but um, it's so expensive that it's prohibitive to the the very poor. Right now, the people that we um, that that have built this country, the very poor people built this country. It's true. Now, we were talking about sex slavery in regards to all this, and and let me see if I can summarize your position here, Mark. You're saying that sex slavery will go away, uh, or pretty much go away, if immigration is something that people can just do. They can just come in and immigrate. The specific incident um, incident that you were talking about, where they take immigrants, they prefer to them the uh, dream of living in America Mm -hmm. in exchange for, uh, you know, getting them across the border, whatever, you know, working for them in whatever fashion. And then once they get them here, they have taken them out of the environment. The the immigrant knows that they have nowhere to run. The the lady can't run to the police and say, help me, I'm being used as a sex slave, because she believes that, you know, she, she doesn't know. She knows that the Mexican prison system is terrible and people die in it. Um, so she doesn't know what it's going to be like, and she she's scared to death. She has no place to run, sure. so she's essentially enslaved. I believe that the problem is our immigration laws as far as um, in this specific incident, instance. Right, that specific instance, but that doesn't uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they won't just kidnap women and bring them to, to be sex slaves. I mean, you're talking about the instance where they tell them about how great America is and how they can become a citizen, and they lie to them. Right. That doesn't uh, address the instance of just kidnapping I'm people. I'm just saying them here it's a them. heck of a lot easier to, um, to to get women who come to you and say oh, sure. to meet you there, and um, you know they 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 basically go willingly to wherever it is that you wish right. to incarcerate them. And then you have something over their head um, right. that if they say anything to anyone. Well, there something very bad is going There's to no happen. There's no doubt about it. It would be more difficult for them to get to have to kidnap all their and, sex slaves. And at that point, imprison them. Because these women aren't imprisoned in a... Well, they a, pretty much are. They are imprisoned, but they aren't imprisoned in such a secure fashion simply because... They d- they don't have any place to run to. Many of them according won't to run. the ABC News story, they are under co- constant watch. I, I, how can you be under constant watch as a prostitute? I personally am not going to allow someone to watch me. Um, you know, and you're not a woman. Bars? You're not a woman who's been beaten into submission either. But Mark. I may very well be paying to be with one. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, people need, people want a cer- the certain level of to... privacy when they're having sex. These are I prostitutes, see. and it's. Wait, are you saying their clients are going to come to their rescue? Um, to some, yes, absolutely. I would think that some clients would would come to their rescue. It's possible. It's likely. They're, I mean, there are all the clients are doing business with a gang too, which means they're uh, they they're, don't know they, they don't necessarily know that they're doing business with a gang. I understand that they might find out the hard way though. Anyway, okay. Um, so okay, so you you and I agree that um, removing the restrictions to immigration is a is a major step towards a solution solution here. However, I'd like to also advocate that legalizing prostitution being a another important step here. And well, I, I, I'm for legalizing prostitution. I just don't simply I simply don't believe that it um, in well, this specific instance it has anything okay, to do with now it any I'm more going than to legalizing why. marijuana. Now work. I'm going to explain why. Okay, okay. you've made your assertions, okay, and I'm going to explain why. I talked about uh, the Wikipedia article on the Netherlands where prostitution is somewhat legal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's legal in certain areas, like red light districts. They can they can do their 
deals there. With all the licenses and paperwork? I don't know what sort of paperwork is involved. Um, I don't know if it's, if there's much at all, but there's only certain areas that okay. can be done. And uh, only certain types of prostitution that's, that are available. So it's not truly a free market in uh, in prostitution. And unfortunately, even in the Netherlands, there are still apparently gangsters that are trafficking um, sex slaves in here, and and they're forcing them to work, forcing them to to stand in these windows. So I mean, I mean that's pretty shocking that you could have that you could have sex slaves advertised openly. Uh, basically, of course, the customers don't know that they're slaves. They're under constant threat. They're not allowed, obviously, to tell their customers such things. Um, and I'm sure it's it's a little bit less shifty than what's going on here in America because the entire industry is illegal. But my solution here is full legalization of the business in that in uh, the Netherlands, the prostitutes, they have to rent these rooms in the red light district from whoever owns those buildings in that particular district. You know, there's only a there's this limited supply of space where they can where they can do their business from. And as a result of that, the prices have dropped. I'd like to point that out, Mark, because you said earlier in the show that you said the prices would be like a hundred to two hundred dollars for, for sex. They are in Nevada. Um, right. And that's that's a that's not fair to point out Nevada because it's an isolated sort of um, location. Where it's a darn big state. There are a lot of regulations and on a lot those. of people, and a lot of there are regulations, and a lot of people go there for conventions and that kind of thing. Right. There are a lot of regulations in Nevada, also because it's the only place where prostitutes can work for uh, legally. It attracts the cream of the crop. It attracts the best of the best. The you know the best looking ladies, that sort of thing. I so think that some would argue that sort of brings ahead. the uh, the the prices up. And in the Netherlands, you're looking at paying fifty bucks. So, I mean, it's it's lower than what you thought it would be, and that's still in a uh, a not free market. I'm talking about a, a a free market in prostitution where all sorts of different services are available from uh from your standard brothel to in-call to out-call girls, uh, a variety of competing services to bring down prices would help drive the criminals out of the market. Also, self-regulation would drive uh criminals out of the marketplace as well, um uh, because, you know, the uh, the girls the clients would want to make sure their girls are safe. Right. right. Well, you would get you would get better service from um, a woman who wanted to be doing prostitution than you would from a woman who didn't. Right. Um, you know, it's it's the same argument that uh, the the the, um, the gangs aren't in the car sales business. There's a big mar- margin on car sa- on cars, mm-hmm. you knew, both new and used. Um, you know, they're not in the home building uh, uh, industry. There's a huge um, segment of profit on as far as uh, the home is building homes. So uh, they're not in these particular industries. Well, there's chop shops out there because it's against because of prohibition. Right. It's against the law. It's it's prohibited to steal cars. Now I'm not saying <laughs> we don't want to legalize. It, that. I don't want to. <laughs> but what I'm saying is there's still a prohibition, okay. and that's where they could right. you know that's where they're going to make their money. And chop shop chop shops by definition. Uh, Chop up the cars into pieces, and they don't sell, you know, brand new vehicles. Of course, chop shops. Um, so once again, the the free marketplace would hopefully develop sorts of uh, sort of protections within itself for the girls, as far as you know, there are going to be uh, testing. There's going to be sexual sexually transmitted disease testing in order to uh, to reassure the clients that these girls are indeed clean, and of course respectable businesses are going to be springing up everywhere that will um will be offering girls on a consistent basis and i mean 
they're going to be run by people who live in the community, obviously not run by gangsters. If gangsters are still importing sex slaves, they'll still have to be operating under the table, so to speak. They're not going to be able to, to open up a storefront in a truly free market environment. Unlike this red light district situation in Amsterdam where you've got, you know, this one location where anybody can go and just sort of, you know, stand in a window if they if they pay the, the owner of the, the house, basically, in order to do that. You know, having that extra free market, I think, would go a long way towards preventing that sex slavery. I'd like to hear what you think. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site completely free, including the bulletin board system. Over 225,000 posts, over 1,300, actually 1,400 people interacting, all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to nevergetbusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that's gained world attention. That's nevergetbusted.com. Uh, still, just, I don't know if, uh, Mark, you had any more comments, or Toby, well, on the uh, the prostitution... Or, Slash I'll let Toby issue. jump in in a second. What what my what my concern was is that there are um, mob members that are bringing prostitutes into um, Amsterdam, and to you know they're they're kidnapping girls worldwide, mostly in the Baltic states. You said mm-hmm. to bring them in um, to you know do prostitution in a place that is legal. It's not prohibited, and it's legal, and that scares me. The idea of legalizing prostitution because. Demand will go up for prostitution in the United States because of a people who aren't uh, you know scared to uh, go uh, see a prostitute now um, for either reasons of legality, getting caught, uh, you know, getting a disease, whatever, and b for um, a certain amount of people that will uh, you know participate in uh, you know prostitution tourism. Well, Amsterdam has um, you know its problems. I would say are because. It's so small, and it's the only place where both uh, most most types of drugs and prostitution are not prohibited in Europe. So you get this huge concentration from the United States, Canada, um, Western Europe of people going for you know vice tourism mm-hmm. to Amsterdam. It's a huge. Pr- the demand is just artificially shot through the roof. If prostitution was legal um, all throughout Europe, and this was spread over, you know. Even a larger country, pick right. France, you know, um, it, the United States, significantly larger. Um, Canada, if you pick any place that isn't just so concentrated. Um, and then you concentrate it extra right. in certain red light districts. And this is, well, this is really only happening in Amsterdam. It's and not, then you have to sell licenses, according to It's not to happening the in the, Wikipedia. It, is it Denmark? Gosh, I'm so bad with those. Uh, Norway is, uh, or no. What, what, what's your question? Amsterdam is in Denmark, right? Yes. Okay. Amsterdam is Denmark, I think. Or no, Amsterdam's like a city. We've had this confusion before. I'm really uh, bad at this one. Holland, Denmark, Dutch. Holland I'm is not sure. Amsterdam, right? <laughs> I don't know. The Netherlands. It's all in the Netherlands. <laughs> we I, just I don't just... know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. There's a place over there called Amsterdam. We know <laughs> that much. a geography yes. major. There is, in fact, a city where these things are not. And then most of the country. We went to government school. But the, the size of those cities just isn't nearly as large as yeah. Amsterdam. 
So, so you're saying if uh, if all of the other European countries or all the world went to legal prostitution, the demand would would uh, would essentially flatten out. Basically, it wouldn't all be concentrated in one place, and so therefore the marketplace could better respond to said demand. And of course, uh, if there weren't these districts where people were uh, were forced to do business if they want to be uh, if they want to be prostitutes then it'd be more spread out there'd be more opportunities there'd be uh, a wider variety of different prostitution options perhaps available is that pretty much where you're coming from i i, I it's basically the um the problem is is the concentration of yeah. uh you know the the amount of people that want those services and the very 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 few places um, with, with where they would be allowed. This is what my concern is with, um, like, say we decided, we, you know, for whatever reason, libertarians took over Keene, New Hampshire, and we managed to make it so that um, for what, all illicit substances were legal. I think we would have a very big problem simply by the concentration of um, people that would come here for those illicit substances. You know, whether you know, they, they'd be crack tourists, there'd be heroin tourists, <laughs> there'd be um, hooker tourists, there'd be every kind of you know illicit substance and, and activity that you can imagine. Those people would want to um, you know come here for that. Well, I don't think that your marijuana tourists are a problem. Right, and and what you're looking at the black market, which is very complicated, and there's all different factions of it, whether it be the drug black market or the prostitution black market or immigration black market, and they're all coming together and clashing, and I think that they all are intertwined with each other. We yeah. say, if we got rid of prostitution, would that help the select sex slavery? Well, maybe, but it's intertwined with the immigration black market. So and the drugs black market. And the, the drug, drug black, black market. So that's a good point, so, because these gangs are making money from different areas of prohibition. So if they, you know, if uh, prostitution is legalized, but drugs aren't legalized, the gangs are still making a lot of money on the drug end, and they can still, you know, make a little bit off right. of whatever sex slavery they can still sell. But if they can't make any money on drugs anymore, and they can't make any money on gambling, and all they've got left is the very few sex slaves they could possibly do business with that may not be enough to sustain the uh, the infrastructure of the gang and these people aren't going out and uh selling drugs and stuff because they think drugs are good and people should have them they're doing it to make money so they're going right. to do business in whatever is illegal whether it be drugs or prostitution or whatever so really i think what we need to do is look at Prohibition in general, of all things that don't hurt people, victimless crimes and vice crimes, I think, what we need to do is start working towards eliminating all black market activity. Absolutely. And you know, Mark, I don't know if I'm as scared as you are about the oh, uh, prospect of, you could really care less. of legal <laughs> Society could crumble around you as it's, long as you get to sit in your living room. Remember, um, remember, you've got to remember that in the case of these drugs being legalized, mm-hmm. you would also hopefully be going back to total private property as well. And so, therefore, um, if you don't want drug users on your property, you just don't let them come on your property. And so that way they'd be you know, restricted to certain areas and but hold on, use their uh, drugs in those areas. I, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about Utopia Neverland. I'm talking about what if um, we got a hold of you know, one city, one little city, mm-hmm. and we legalized dr- everything, um, everything that's prohibited in that particular city. Awesome. I'm using... This city, as an example, the economic you growth would be tremendous. Yeah, the economic growth over time would be tremendous. But I really believe that what you're, um, what you would be dealing with in in the end term is a bunch of people that don't know how to hold their illicit substances. <laughs> I mean, in Amsterdam, they have a so huge have p- problem a with homeless people. Um, you know, people wandering around neighborhoods. You know, I mean, there's just there's these completely irresponsible 
people around. Well, I don't we need want private to have to property. If there's if there's private property, property well, then homeless on, people wait, wait, have wait, a problem. Wait, 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 wait. I, I see what you're saying, um, yeah. but you have there there's a certain level of responsibility with private property i get tired of the hundredth person puking on my doorstep <laughs> and i go out and shoot him okay now you it's all yeah. fun and games but i've finally gotten sick and tired of stepping in puke every morning mm-hmm. as i walk out my door and i smoke the guy who's lying there or whatever because i'm just sick of it mm-hmm. and that's going to happen it really is something like that's going to occur um let's look at uh, uh alcohol for an example Alcohol is legal. Those people go. Those people cause all kinds of problems. Bar fights. They they break things. They fall asleep right. in people's property. You know, people don't. In this town right here, all kinds of people get called. Uh, the cops called on them simply because they're drunk. Because why? They're college students who are either prohibited um, from drinking or now just able to drink, and they simply cannot hold their liquor. That's true. Toby, as the resident uh, former college student, I can't disagree at all. <laughs> so, what do you think the solution is? I mean, with all these college students running around, shouldn't we, my friend. shouldn't we abolish uh, the liquor laws? Shouldn't we, uh, or actually, not abolish the liquor laws, but uh, crack down? Shouldn't oh, we? No, uh, well, I think that reducing the drinking age would actually help out a lot because what I see is. Um, from my friends is people are going out and what they do is what's called pre-gaming where instead of going out and buying some very expensive beers at the bar for I don't know anywhere between three and eight dollars a pop they are getting drunk cheaply because they're not allowed to go do that they have to get drunk before they go out mm-hmm. so they have to guzzle a bunch of hard alcohol and then go out and they're wasted smashed and and, and some of them die I mean exactly. it probably hasn't happened to you but alcohol poisoning is very real in the United States and it does kill people right and and some of them, you know, when you pregame like this, you're just chugging liquor, 80 proof, 100 proof, 120 proof liquor as quickly as you can. That's not a good way to gauge how much if you've had enough. Right. And people are doing this because they know that this is the last they're going to have for the entire evening that they might be out on the town or out at a game or wherever it is that they're mm-hmm. going to. They know that they need to get as drunk now because that's what they have for the night. Here's if the way- they're older and the drinking age was 21, 18, they could or lower. They I could. say we back the drinking age down one year every year. Now, the, the problem with that is is that you're not, not going to be able to get everybody on your side to do it. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it in one fell swoop. But I say we back Lame. the drinking age down one year every Weak. year. Lame. 800-259-9231. <laughs> I say we back it down to zero. You yeah, take today. control of the airwaves and bring it whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Martin in Michigan coming up. Your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live, and only moments remain, but just enough time for your call, if you make it now, at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some Free Talk Live stuff at store.freetalklive.com. we got lots of neat merchandise, including the brand new 2-gigabyte Free Talk Live multi-gadget. Only a 100 of these are available. Limited edition. Uh, it's 2 gigabytes, MP3 player, voice recorder, flash drive, and FM tuner, and more, all rolled into one neat little device for less than 60 bucks. We've got a variety of new clothing, uh, including the brand new Free Talk Live beanie cap, two different styles of uh, hoodies, pullover and zippered style. Also, the Free Talk Live ladies t-shirt, the Free Marketeer t-shirt, the bottle lighter opener, uh, lighter bottle opener combo, all of that, and our older products store. FreeTalkLive.com. We've been talking about a variety of different things, and now we're going into uh, insane fantasy land with uh, Mark's suggestion that uh, we're, we're, for instance, Keene, New Hampshire, are the place where we live to legalize all drugs, that a bunch of people would come here and they'd become homeless. And uh, 
because of, uh, you were using the Netherlands as an example of, of that, because there are a lot of homeless people there. And Johnson has uh, provided me with a little bit of inside information on the homeless situation in the Netherlands. Johnson is a bright, bright individual. Um, just to summarize it, uh, he gave me quite a bit of it. Just to summarize it, basically, uh, the Netherlands is... Um, a almost a total welfare state and the homeless individuals in the netherlands are almost all of them on welfare mm. and so you know they're actually being paid to be homeless in the netherlands okay. and they're and as a result of the welfare state as you might imagine there are very very few community groups because it's that sort of mentality of well the government will take care of them so why should we bother creating uh you know voluntary okay, charities i'll give you that they're putting out the bowl of cat food plus for the there's cats. another point okay. and that is that uh homeless homelessness is not caused by drug use but it's caused by illegal drug use, where drug use costs a lot of money, and in a legal market, drug use uh, wouldn't cost like it does today. So would you? But you would you dispute? People. I, and I didn't say the term homeless, by the way. Um, would you dispute that there is a big problem in this town uh, due to underage drinking, simply because you know there's a lot of college students, there's a concentration of college students in this town because of three colleges and universities in this town, from um, the numbers that I've been given, and. That those people are right at the age where, you know, the prohibition really, the rubber meets the road as far as mm -hmm. the prohibition on alcohol goes, alcohol consumption goes, and that that causes a problem. Well, that's a lot of also the uh, the city of Keene cracking down on where these kids can go. They're not allowed to go to the bar because they're not 21 yet. Mm -hmm. They try to go to house parties, but the house parties get busted up. So sure. the, most of the time they're in the street wandering from one destination to the next. So, so once again, the result of law enforcement, a result of the existing laws, is what you're, uh, where these problems are, are stemming from. Yeah, but but there, there's still a problem with the prohibition of alcohol, um, you know, which is why it needs to be removed all at once and allow people to actually make decisions for themselves and, and not be afraid. I think you'd see some problems. I think you'd see some, uh, s some lashback simply because you made everything legal all at We're once. We're just talking about alcohol. We were just talking about alcohol there for a moment. I know. Would there be lashback with alcohol going? I, I'm legal? saying that to, les to lessen whatever problems there may be that um that you need that the way to to handle that would be to ratchet back the why age would that one lessen year the every year why why would uh, ending prohibition of alcohol uh because why would you that be suddenly a have all these people that are free to do whatever they They're want? They're doing the same... it anyway. No, they are not. Oh, please. Uh, come on. Are you telling me the that... The high school parties are all over the place. What are you talking about, What man? are the cops busting people for at parties? Underage drinking. Right. Uh, you know, uh, that's... Th so you're saying that we should continue busting people for underage drinking? Because no. that's what's going to go on. What are you, when are you talking about? In your little incremental world, that they're going to there's keep gonna busting be a certain, kids for drinking. There's going to be a certain amount of it, but um, you know, you the, the law enforcement officers enforce laws the way that they're writ on the books, and that's what they'll do. Right. So you get rid of the laws against drinking alcohol, and they don't have those laws to enforce anymore. I'm Where's the problem? This will be the easiest, softest way to put it in play. That's but all. where's the problem with it? I mean, besides your little political softness, where's the issue with ending the the yeah, drinking? Age? That's where I actually see it is the political issue. I think that if you go if you ran on a ticket of I'm going to legalize all drugs, there's no way that anyone is going to vote for you, and that's where I see incrementalism as being. An I'm not talking about step. all drugs. I'm talking about drinking. I'm talking um, about ending the drinking age. People that uh, can't handle their liquor doing dumb things. That's they do it I, already. No, um, no, they can't. They can't just go out and do it. They they temper themselves to some extent or another. Not either according by to their, Toby, according either to by Toby, their they consumption or their location, simply because it's illegal and they know they could go to jail. What happens on people's twenty-first birthdays? They go out and get 
S-faced to the point that they cannot stand. Right, so now what you're going to have with your incremental approach is they're going to go out and get S-faced on their 20th birthday, and they're going to go out and get S-faced on their 19th birthday, and then we're going to have a bunch of kids getting S-faced and puking on people's property. So that way we'll only have the 20-year-olds doing it one year. We'll only have the 19-year-olds doing it another year. We'll only have the 18-year-olds doing it another year. (laughs) And, And what I'm saying is instead of having... Everybody from 15 to 20 getting S-faced all on the same day um, and then and then causing problems for the next six months or so. And people saying, look, see, look, Please. look, this is a problem. You have them doing – you have fewer of them doing it over time. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, because the laws are really stopping and high school kids from getting S-faced every weekend. No, but, Give uh, me a break. The laws are slowing them down either by location. Look, Crap. Uh, look the, there were laws against me doing um, LSD when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I did LSD, but I didn't wander around the streets going, oh, wow, look at the colors, dude. Because I knew if I did, I'd go to jail. Okay? It does temper people. No, the you wouldn't go to jail works. unless you had acid on you, because it's not illegal to actually be... Uh, I'd probably uh, have told drugs. the cops, why oh, is acid, Not illegal. Man. That's it, not illegal. Well, they could well, still take you into the jail. You don't bubble. think it would yeah. take you to jail? It may not They're get not. you arrested. It may not get you convicted, but it will definitely get your butt in the county pound. And with no rights, by the way, because if you're if they're doing it for your protection, you're not under arrest. No, oh, yeah. There'd be all kinds of problems. Let's go to, it is Martin in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Martin, what's on your mind? Martin hey, in gentlemen. Michigan. Hey, what's up? Uh, Mark's not making much sense right now, so I'll change the subject a okay, little good. bit. Well, it's uh, doom and gloom. The sky is falling, as usual, from him. <laughs> had an opportunity today to uh, sit down with Doug Stanhope for about 45 minutes. Oh, great. Why? Uh, well, I do a little internet podcast thing, which I won't plug here, but mm-hmm. uh, we, it's a comedy liberty-based show. Uh, cool. Mostly a comedy, but I love to get into the politics with people. So I brought Doug on to talk about his uh, political run towards president and what happened. He he really said some insight on uh, just some of the hoops that he was having to go through with the uh, the Federal Elections Commission. Hmm. Um and it was all kinds of stuff. You talked about a little bit, but the big thing was that he was not going to be able to use his comedy appearances to talk politics, which I don't know if you're familiar with his act, but that is his act. He talks right. politics. Uh, and the rules that they were put on him that he said that his team of people couldn't even make sense of, like they wanted to know if he stopped the comedy show and then hung out afterwards and talked about the campaign, if that would be okay, and they they came back with, you're not allowed to do it before or after comedy shows, which, and he told me... How long is before, how long is after? Pretty much it's uh, all of time then, (laughs) at that point. Which, what I don't understand is, a comedian can't use his job as a comedian to uh, run for office, but why can a president um, seek re-election using Air Force One and using network time that he can get at any time? and and because he's the president. Because politicians yeah. should be in the business of politicianing, not normal people. That, that's what it is, and yep. he brought that up, too, that we live in a country where, where we tell our kids, you know, they could grow up to be president, but uh, that's not actually possible. Um, it, and it's just the whole thing he got into. You know, we talked a lot about issues and uh, basically no crime uh, unless you can show me a victim, which ties into your whole prostitution thing. Sure. Um same thing with pot and every other thing, but it's so, a really good conversation. Well, all right, so how do people find your podcast? Go ahead and plug it. Um, fromtheville.com. Fromthemill.com? Fromtheville, V-I-L-L-E. Fromtheville. Right, like, uh, a, like a city. So yeah, it's, a libertarian, yeah, it's, it's a libertarian-esque comedy podcast. 
Um, it's a comedy, more filth and uh, raunch, and then uh, with the libertarian. Every time we do political issues, the libertarian stuff comes out. Sounds good, man. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that with us, and I'm sure some of our listeners will head over there. Thanks, man. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to Nigel in Texas. Nigel, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Um, well, I want to back Toby up on what he said about how college students drink. I'm also a college student, and I can say that yes. People say, oh, crap, I need to pregame for this and this and this and this, hockey games and all that sort of thing. But I don't do any of the universities and colleges in Keene have fraternities. Yeah, I was actually in a fraternity, but they've cracked down on those a lot. There were um, about, I think, 25 of them 10 years ago, and we're down to, by 2008, they're going to whittle it down to three. So it's it's just a place where people go and live, right? Yeah, well, and a club. <laughs> at a club, well, right? What happens at my school is that the dorms, they crack down really hard on drinking. Yeah, same here. So then, you know, people decide, oh, well, I'm going to go to the frat to drink. Well, but, you know, at a huge frat party, I don't, I don't know what yours are like, but at Cornell, there are, you know, 200, 300 people there. Nobody's going to be watching out for you if you've had too much and you start puking or something like that. That's so, very true. The policy makes it a lot more dangerous, and it's all because they're trying to cover their butt. Absolutely well true. Said, Nigel. And fraternities and sororities are sketchy places. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. It has been Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. I understand it sounds a little scary to let people make decisions for themselves, but that is the position that someone who's in favor of freedom should be taking. We'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 